0: Hello, listeners. We're back. I'm AJ. I'm Alex. This is NTVN, New Tech, Vintage Nerds. And
1: in case you're ch- you're
0: wondering, that's us. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today in our first Maiden episode?
1: Woohoo. So um, I've been actually quite busy with... Um, Actually, two topics that that have uh, eaten up my time lately, and um, one topic is uh, WLED, and the other one is Gridfinity.
0: Nice. That's all. Uh, all in the home stuff, home automation and organizing.
1: Yeah, well, sorry, Well, it's not home automation, right? Uh, well, Gridfinity isn't anyway, um, but um, it, it is. Well, it 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 it. Has to do with uh, organizing yourself and organizing your office and yeah, well, good stuff, yeah. So,
0: and, and we got another topic, um, my topic uh, auto volume in Home Assistant. Don't you hate it that every audio source within an Apple TV um, is different? So, I got a fix for that, but we're going to talk about that later on. Let's first start with
1: WLED. Yeah, well, in in case you've never heard of it, which is likely. um, So WLED is an open source project um, specifically for uh, ESP32 chips or ESP... uh, Well, there's another model. I can't remember the number. Um, But I'm using ESP32 um, chips um, where you can load the software onto the chip um, just via uh, USB on your laptop. It, it's it's actually it's it's ridiculously simple, and um, when you've done that, you can connect um, an addressable LED strip to that and make it do all sorts of wonderful effects. But if you're not into that, um, you can just use it as a plain old light strip. And the funny thing about that is um, specifically if you select a fairly modern um, LED strip with fully addressable uh, individual LEDs, and I mean, that sounds expensive, but they really aren't, um, you can actually create um, a very nice lighting effect, which is even better and even... um, brighter than whatever philips u or um Govee or lefex or whatever brings out and it is at a fraction of the cost so if you go to amazon and you search grit, um you search a uh, uh, esp32 um and uh, there are a couple of models but um there are a few links uh, uh, on YouTube as well on how to do how to do that. What components to select? Generally, it will secu- set you back about five euros or so for a single chip. Um, and then you go search for a light strip. So I'm I'm using uh, light strips from BTF Lighting, which are um, well, they're probably made in China somewhere, but uh, they're they're fairly uh, constant in quality and. Um, I think I recently bought uh, two one-meter strips to actually light up two bookshelves that we recently bought, um, and I think that set me back about twenty-five euros for the for the two.
0: So mm. uh, but why did you go the WLED route? I mean, you could go for uh, for one of the main already um, put together strips.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, a couple of reasons. First of all, um, the we were not sure. So we were creating a, a TV wall. And part of that TV wall was supposed to be two, at least two bookshelves, one on the left, one on the right. And I wanted to integrate lighting into that. We were not sure what size or what length these, these bookshelves were going to be. Um, but generally, well, they'll probably be somewhere around a meter twenty in length. So, if you start searching for an LED strip that is one meter twenty, they don't exist, right? So, you get a meter, or you get two meters. The thing is, you can't cut those at just any length. No, you got to cut them
0: at certain intervals. They're exactly a soldering points, but there you can I,
1: honestly. Philips U doesn't like you to cut it. They just want you to use it as as they deliver it. Um, and many others do as well. I think the Govi one is actually cuttable, but I don't know. So the, the, the LED strip, the uh, individual addressable light strip that I bought from BTF Lighting, I can cut that at any LED. It doesn't matter. So I can buy one from two meters and I can cut it to... centimeters and that will be it right um and it will exactly fit the uh, uh the purpose that i aim it at so um that is simply ideal second the reason why i looked at it was if you look at um the 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 cost of it and the amount of effort that you've put into it to make it work um it is ridiculously simple and it is ridiculously cheap if you want to buy a proper uh gradient led strip from philips hue i don't know it's 70 80 euros
0: yeah okay. th-
1: this this was like well in, one chip one led strip was like 20, no, well, not even, 15 euros. Yeah.
0: So uh, Did you have any issues uh, when you started using those W LEDs? I mean, it's like a chip. You pu- have to put some wires on it and LED strip.
1: Yeah, but... well, first of all, I had to brush up on my uh, uh, on my soldering skills because I'm not a very good solderer. So uh, uh, um, I tend to, I don't know what, what the, the, the English uh, phrase for it is, but uh, um, I'm... Yep. I'm uh, no, not really, but it, it's not very good. So uh, I bought some new solaring gear and, and that <laughs> honestly helped quite a bit. Um, but uh, um, I did run into some issues there. Well, first of all, um, uh, the the first thing that I uh, ran into was, so what power supply do you use? Um, oh, I forgot about that. You do have to purchase a separate power supply there. Um I had a couple of power adapters, actually, uh, a three amp, uh, five volt. I'm I'm using five volt uh, uh, led strips. So uh, I had a three amps, uh, a power supply. I don't know, left over from some device that I probably tossed and. Well, I decided, well, you know what, I can just use that one. So I cut off the the, 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 the plug and soldered it to the chip. that was not a good idea because that, uh, power supply was, well, not very good. Probably. Um, the, the result was that the, uh, uh, the chip was very unstable in, in, uh, the wifi. So, um, it would drop out at any second and it was very hard to reach. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't reply t- uh, to, to ping requests, yada, yada, yada. And it got a proper power supply. Um, from, from Amazon, which I, was, I think is think also about 10 or something like that. Um, which was an, uh, I think a 6 or an 8 amp one. I don't know. can't remember. Um, and um, I soldered that one to it, and all the problems went away.
0: All the problems? Didn't so start
1: to smoke? Uh, yeah, well, that was my soldering skills again. Uh, if you do not have it properly connected, you may become winner too. Um, and, uh, and get a very bad smell of that as well. So um, that wasn't a very good one. Um, so that was, uh, honestly, that was one of the things that, that made me think, okay, so I have to make sure that this is properly soldered, yeah. uh, first of all, and I have to really test drive this. Because um, if you take a LED strip, uh, for instance, with, I don't know, 270 LEDs, um, and you hook that up to an 8-amp 5-volt power supply, and you turn that up, that gets hot, that really gets hot. And if you do not configure that properly, it's pretty easy to start a fire. So there is this drawback. You have to be aware what your power supply can handle safely. Yeah. But uh, I exclamation mark safely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that the same goes for anything that doesn't have a proper certification, like from some websites, uh, from mainland China. I mean, and they're all made in
1: China, but, um, yeah. so what you need to know is that if the power supply rates at eight amps, don't configure it for eight amps because you will, it, it, it will burn down, right? Configure it for six amps and you'll probably be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. And, um, that was, uh, actually, well, the, the, uh, the biggest hope I had to take and, and the biggest realization that I had to have. Okay, so don't do that. Uh, uh, make sure you're on the safe side. Make sure you use proper cabling because if you start to push eight amps through very tiny wires, they tend to get very hot. Yeah, they um, will melt. Meaning th- exactly, meaning that the the um, uh, uh, the wire isn't suitable for that kind of power, so you need a thicker wire. Um, that's one um What I did notice, and I'm not sure if that is a problem uh, with my local Wi-Fi or a problem of the specific chip range that I have, but they do have a problem with the Wi-Fi um, reception. So uh, what I did right now is actually uh, I had a couple of access points left, so I tossed one in my office just below the uh, WLED chip, and now ping reply is fine and I can uh, reach it. Uh, uh in, in a jiffy, but um, it, it does have some issues there, and um, that is the last drawback or the last thing I'm uh going to test out. I just ordered a couple of uh, Wi Fi antennas at uh, Amazon for about a fiver and um, I'm going to solder that to the ESP32 uh, chip to see if that solves the problem. Okay. Um, other than that, um I'm actually quite impressed with it. So, um, if you if you uh, dive into it a bit, it's for instance fairly easy to uh, not hook up one but two light strips and make them in work in sync. So this is what I did, um, and I've got it working in my office right now. It's actually um, working wonderfully. Um, you do I do have to say that the the, uh, the lighting effects that come with WLED are very wonderful. Um, and and get very annoying after a minute uh, or two. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, uh, I, the, I
0: also have them at a at a stable color, one color most of the yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but the and and here's the best part. Um, I just it it was a a breeze to hook it up to my home automation. Um, and once that that was done, it just uh, it it reports itself as a light in uh, in in my home automation platform. Which is uh, "homie" by uh, by Atom, and um, it just uh, it states at the end of my working day, uh, turn off all the lights, and they just turn off. And in the morning at uh, nine o'clock, it's it states turn off, turn on all the lights, and it just turns on. Um, and the um, the color is wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, and, um, what I, what I love about it is, is it is so easy to put together and it's so easy to customize, um, and all the things that you cannot do with all the pre-manufactured light strips. It's a breeze with this stuff. You, do you know what you want to, you want to, uh, uh, hook it up at the top of your kitchen cupboards? You, you go and do that. Um is your kitchen three meters and uh, 25 centimeters well you just cut it at three meters and 25 centimeters and it will fit um and and that is it and it's still an led strip so if you do not turn it off to full brightness which is really bright by the way um it's it's ice squinting bright um it, you don't you probably don't need that i mean if it's if it's just accent lighting you can you can configure it to be a 25% brightness, and that will still be plenty. Yeah.
0: Did you already look at the segmentation of WLED? Like you can um, make different segments?
1: Yes, I did have a look at it. Uh, um, but um, I've decided to not use it in the current projects. Um, the next project I'm going to do with WLED has to do with that wonderful on-air sign behind me. Which is not working as it should, Um, but um, it's fairly easy to have um, uh, a light strip in form of a mat with uh, thirty-two by I think thirty-two by sixteen LEDs or thirty-five by sixteen. I can't remember, um, which should fit in there quite wonderfully and. I should be able to uh, have that uh, uh, that color and, and the on-air uh, addressed wonderfully um, the next time. Uh, well, well, after I've done that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that should uh, should work a lot better than the current uh, light strip that is uh, tucked in there in a very unnatural <laughs> manner.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a WLED as well um, for the viewers. I didn't place it... In its um, place to be, actually, um, it, I have a IKEA. There's a the spaghetti behind you, isn't it? Yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> it, that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's meant to go into that uh, that cupboard, and every segment of that cupboard should have a segment of uh, WLED. But like more of my projects, well, it works now, so don't touch it again. Perhaps something when I'm 65, uh, wait, 67.
1: Wasn't that a song, When I'm 65? Anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: So (laughs) no, uh, I probably will finish it someday, but not today.
1: What I did do, and and I will recommend that to anyone who is actually going to start uh, fiddling around with WLED, um, also on Amazon, buy yourself a pack of plugs, um, they've got wonderful, uh, um, three, uh, uh, what's it called? Three strings. I I can't remember. Uh, three, three wire, three wire plugs, ah. um, which click together very easily. You can solder them very easily and, uh, you can make extension cords out of that. Um, and that is a, a lifesaver because well, if you hook up to uh, bookshelves, like I did in my office, um that is a pain to solder and uh, and connect together. You don't want to solder on your bookshelf. So it's easy to just create a, an extension cord, a little extension cord, from like, I don't know, a half a meter uh, with a piece of wire and two blocks.
0: That's interesting. Uh, for my hallway, I prepped everything for uh, LEDs. We're just moved in six years ago so not a problem um no pressure so but that would be a good idea the problem i had was soldering uh the the wires to the led strips was uh a bit hard not only because the the soldering but also because the the gauge of the wire that uh, that was needed for the power but with proper connectors i probably can do that more easily and more safely
1: so I think the pack of connectors was like nine nine euros. Yeah. And, and so uh,
0: if you still know the the exact ones, then we can put them in the show notes. BDF lighting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. They're How just reliable uh, you just get these wonderful. And if you if you look at uh, YouTube, you can just see what I mean. They are, they are just wonderful like these two plugs and you just click them together and that's it and they've got all the wiring you need. Um, you, can, you can pull them together you can put them apart and just really solder them into it if you want to I mean you can you can uh, deconstruct that and solder the the, the, the wires in there um, they come with an attached wire so I actually attached it to the wire. Uh, and just cover that properly, but you know, whatever you like, yeah, but and
0: it, um, it looks already pre tinned.
1: Yes. Or... Yes, they are, but, uh, uh, they are very short. So, um, <laughs> that's short. Camera, yeah. camera doesn't focus. Um, but, uh, um, it is, it is a, a very good way to, to work with them. And, and, uh, they are very, uh, they very, they connect very securely. So, um, Works for me. Interesting, interesting.
0: Well, like I said, uh, if uh, if you still have the links to the Amazon purchases, then we can put those items in the in the show notes. I will. Cool. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something else. So cool stuff with uh, WLED. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious obviously that you can use it in your smart home. Um, segue to the next topic of uh, today for a real smart home and that's an automatic volume for apple tv or uh, uh, actually any media player in a home assistant one of the things that i found very annoying was that when you play something on apple tv if it's music or if it's Spotify or YouTube, every app, every stream has its own volume. So if you think I'm gonna switch from Netflix to music, then you have to um, turn down your volume because music is always louder in my experience than a movie or a series. So what I did was, create a script in Home Assistant uh, where I detect which applications uh, being started on the Apple TV. And based on that, I'm going to control the volume of my uh, amplifier. So if Netflix starts, the amplifier switches to, like, say, 50%. Uh, When I play music, it switches to 10%. And if I play Disney+, Plus, then it will uh, reset back to uh, like 50%. So
1: So, the volume is based on the app that you start?
0: Yeah, because I I cannot detect how hard the volume is that comes from the application. But what I can detect is which application is started. So in my Home Assistant, I I have a couple of um, helpers. uh, They call it in uh, Home Assistant. Which basically have the audio volume for each application. So Netflix is uh, 50 or 0.50 because it's a volume, uh, it's a metric be- between zero and one. Uh, one is 100% and zero is
1: 0%. Right. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it's math. <laughs> I-, I don't know why. It's, it's just that's what it is.
1: So um, Paul Heywood would say, home assistant. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when I detect a switch from Disney Plus to Netflix, he reads the Netflix helper, which starts the volume that I want to switch to. And then it controls the receiver or the amplifier to set the volume to that what was in the helper. That sounds complicated. Well, it actually it is. <laughs> I have for each application, I have a helper that starts the volume that I want it to be. Um, so if you use like 15 streaming apps and a couple of music apps, then you have even that many helpers that control. So this, the ha- these,
1: these helpers are those ones that you create? Or, yeah. Um, okay.
0: Yeah, so so a helper is like a variable. You can set a variable to a certain uh, value right. and he reads that variable and then use it in, in the script or automation, actually. Um, first, I had um, uh, all if-then statements. If it's Netflix, then do that. If it's... Um, uh, Prime Video, then do that volume. If it's Destiny Plus, do that. Um, that's a bit tedious um, because it's all if then statements. And if you have a new application that you want to control or like a game on the Apple TV, then you have to put it into the automation. And then you have to put in the volume um, in that script. So if I want to change the volume later on for that specific application, because it was too loud or too uh, too soft, um, then I had to go back into the script, change the value, and then it would uh, function properly. So what I did was putting all that nonsense out of the script and into helpers, variables, um, and then read, the switch, if the application is started, check if there's an helper for that. If not, then the volume is like 10%. If there's a, v- a value for that, um, then set it to that value.
1: So, how did you come up with the values?
0: Uh, trial and error, <laughs> basically. Okay. Uh, so, it, personal. It, yeah. So, um, I've been using the Apple TV uh, a long time. So, I I know now uh, at be- uh, what volume the, uh, the, the receiver needs to be. So for Netflix, it's uh, around, I believe, 50, 45. Yeah, well. 0. 0.45. 0. four five. you're correct. Um, so uh, for Disney Plus, I started with uh, the same value but I noticed that it needs more volume. So that's, uh, I think, uh, 48, 0.48. Yes, you're right. Um, No, I know you're not saying anything. Um, But for music, um, I I switched to music, and then it was, uh, um, well, killing my ears, actually, because the volume for Netflix... When you play audio on that, like music, it's too loud. It, it's, well, the neighbors, we live uh, in, in a single detached home, uh, the neighbors could hear the music. So that obviously was too loud. So I put it to 10%. So it's, it's really um, a trial and error. So I start with a value that I know for streaming is okay. And then I tweak it uh, to the correct volume and I made it into a dashboard in uh, Home Assistant so that I don't have to go back into the uh, the back end of Home Assistant to uh, tweak the values I just put a slider a bit to the left or a bit to the right and well tweak it like I wanted to So it's uh, it's very interesting uh, I mean that—that's for me uh, what a smart home is, what home automation is. It's—it's it's like making sure that everything aligns with you, and not that you do you have to do some things for the home assistant or for your home. I mean, the whole idea of using a tablet to control your
1: home—that <laughs> that means your your home automation has failed, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, then I'm your the home automation, and I, I don't Isn't want actually? it. Exactly. It it yeah. needs home to...
1: automation. Home automation is what it says. It's automating, yeah, homes, it... home stuff. It needs to be automatic, yeah. not manual, not extended manual by giving you a virtual button instead of a physical. Yeah, it just correct. needs to work. If yeah. that works for you in the right manner, then your home automation is successful.
0: Yeah, exactly. So th- this is one of those things that make it more automatic, more automated. I mean, if I switch the channel, if I, well, if I switch an application, it tunes automatically the, the volume. And, and it's a one of those annoyances that's now gone.
1: I, have to say I haven't noticed it. Uh, uh, then again, I only recently bought a new uh, Apple TV um, and it's not hooked up. Hooked up to a receiver, but it's hooked up to um, actually a Sonos Beam. And I have to say, I haven't experienced very insane volume switches that it is very loud or very soft. or But that may have to do with uh, the location and the positioning of the soundbar.
0: Yeah, that might be true. Also, It differs per application. So Netflix and Disney Plus and Prime Video are all around the same bandwidth.
1: Oh, and I don't have as as much streaming services as you do. Well, these were the only three I wanted to name.
0: Uh So, (laughs) um, Mm. but when you switch to music, like Apple Music or Spotify, uh, those are normally louder so i'm not sure if you use that already on the on apple tv
1: no generally um we play music over sonos um which is uh, all, all throughout the house and um the apple tv is well it is hooked up to the sonos soundbar but it just plays there and nowhere else um and our tv in the living room uh is just hooked up to receive and doesn't have an apple tv so uh over there it's not uh it's not an item yeah so
0: yeah well if you want to know more i've written it all down in an in a a nice article so i will put it all in the in the show notes so then we got a third topic like gridfinity
1: oh yeah uh, is it Ladies, and gentlemen and cyborgs to uh, quote Zach Friedman correctly um, so if you've never heard of gridfinity uh, gridfinity is a um, it's I'm not sure it's not a storage solution it's just a, a way of organizing all your stuff and um, this has been uh, developed by by um, Zach Friedman and he actually uh, made it open source so that we can all benefit from it. Um, if you want to know the whole story behind it, uh, Zach has made numerous videos on YouTube about it, but basically it comes down to this. You have um, a plastic grid that you print with a 3D printer. Um, and that plastic grid is uh, designed in a way that it can uh, you can make it fit everywhere in your drawers, on your desk, on your bookshelf, Um in the in your garage wherever Mm -hmm. and then you can print inserts so cups or uh, whatever form you want uh, there's probably a design for it Um, and funny enough if you go look at thanks.com you type gridfinity the amount of stuff that you then see you can print is insane so what i love about this is um i can finally well not finally but i can use my 3d printer for something useful right it helps to organize uh, all the stuff that i have in my office and honestly um, i'm not a very organized person generally it's um quite messy in here generally and um this honestly has uh, has helped me an insane amount in just um Sorting out all kinds of stuff in in my office, um, preventing me from uh, you know tossing it everywhere and um, f- losing track of what I've got and what I haven't got and and what I ran out of and what I need to buy more from and more of and and all that all that kind of stuff. But also, and and I really like that uh, it it helps you just to store stuff in a logical manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the the amount of inserts and uh uh and models that you can find on on uh, on com or uh, uh thingiverse or wherever I mean, thingiverse actually has a separate a complete separate section just on gridfinity if you look that up it's everything is in there it's amazing so if you've got a 3d printer and and you're looking to organize some stuff take a look at this because this is Insane. Well, what's the the most well a, a annoying
0: thing that you had in your drawers? What you're now getting rid of because of Gridfinity? Uh,
1: nuts and bolts.
0: Nuts and bolts.
1: Nuts and bolts, and and uh, all kind of all kind of of, of little fiddly fiddly things. Um, I had these these plastic boxes with uh, well you know them right when you order something from uh amazon or eBay or whatever you get a plastic box with with an assortment of i don't know screws uh 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 bolts uh fuses whatever <clears throat> yeah excuse me and in the end, you know what always happens: uh, it falls on the floor. It doesn't close properly. Uh, you stack it upside down, or someone else stacks it upside down, uh, and suddenly the M2 bolts are in the M3 uh, uh, section, or vice versa. Never or had the washers second. are are completely mixed up, or the bolts or the 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 uh, M12 is in the M16, uh, whatever. You know, it's it's yeah. it's getting messy. It's getting. Uh, uh, ridiculous to find something, and this is just insane. You know, I just uh, 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 print a specific sorter with uh, four different sections, and you just toss it in there. Um, you lock it into the grid, and it just is there. And you can you can close the the uh, the drawer where you where you printed it into. It won't fall out. It won't fall over. It won't fall out. Won't, it, it won't. Uh, it won't mix. It it's amazing. Uh, and I love it, and it's uh um i've now th- there are specific inserts for instance i've got an Ikea closet um or I, I don't know what what is it called uh, uh we call it Kallax. A Kallax, i think
0: yeah
1: yeah uh I got um, one
0: there as well
1: yeah, and it has drawers so you can you can have a draw in a drawers insert in there um and there isn't specific uh Gridfinity, uh fit Specifically for that drawer, it fits exactly into that drawer. It's in four pieces or one piece if you've got a large 3D printer. I don't, so I had to print it in four. Um, but it's... I mean, the print is is very, very quick. Uh, uh, generally, I print a, a, a 6 by 6 grid for Gridfinity in, in one and a half hours, yeah. and then I could start placing cups on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you put
1: nuts and bolts in it
0: um i, I saw a picture of it earlier um nuts and bolts fuses,
1: uh, string tubing um the, the wires batteries um i've got my my uh wire spools hooked up to a specific spool cup that uh, uh actually holds three in a row and i had them before that, I just had them stacked on top of each other, and they just they, they would roll off, and they would get mixed. And, and when I would uh, want to have a specific piece of wire, I had to untangle them. It was annoying. And and now they're just just sitting next to each other. they they all have their own, uh, uh, their individual hole where you put would pull the wire through. Um, I just pull pull at it, uh, cut off the section that I need, uh, and and there you go. You know, Bob's your uncle. That's it. Right, yeah, so- wonderful.
0: So it's more neat. It's more efficient. I
1: mean, yeah,
0: you can grab something when you need it and, it's and it prevents me from making or... a mess everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So what do you want to print next on a gridfinity grid? Um,
1: so I've got some, uh, some stuff left, uh, that I actually want to integrate into the grid that is now on my, uh, soldering desk. Um, so uh if you look it up in in Thingiverse or wherever, there is almost a custom insert for well virtually anything uh tools or uh whatever and I've got this little dremel burner um and it of obviously it's got a gridfinity of course it has and um that's the one I'm going to print next uh, so I can add that as well um I'm not going to into Enter all my tools in into the gridfinity grid because I also have a magnet strip uh, over my uh, soldering spot, so I can just, you know, clip on uh, any any uh, tools that I want to have immediately handy, Um, and that is, in my opinion, more efficient than putting them uh, in a specific uh, holder uh, just out of my reach so um I will not do that, but um all the other stuff you know the the uh soldering um tin or the wires or i'm just looking at my 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 soldering corner there um the exacto knives are in there the um you know, batteries are in there uh it's uh, name it and they've got an insert for it and and you can use it. Yeah, I saw
0: also saw one for the SD cards for your camera. Yes,
1: yeah. If you have a drawer in your office that is unorganized, and face it, everyone's got those drawers, this is the way to get it organized.
0: Nice. That's going to be a nice soundbite for the intro. <clears throat> so, neat, neat. I see that we're. Uh, Already past the mark, like 45 minutes into it, I think it's going to be time for slowly going to tips for our listeners. I mean, we've given all tips like auto volume, like gridfinity, like what was the first topic? It's 45 minutes ago. double so. uh, let yeah. My brain doesn't go that far back. So um, you got a tip for our listeners.
1: Um, I've got one top tip, actually. Um While I was working on WLED and uh, um, practicing my soldering skills, um, I actually um, destroyed my wire stripper. Um, Well, it was, I don't know, 20 years-ish old and uh, um, it just disintegrated. Um, So I threw it away and I was actually looking for the same thing, basically. Um, And um, while browsing uh f- through amazon and through Bowl and uh, well, all other kinds of uh, online shops um i came across uh i think a video from someone who said look at this and this is a Irwin um wire stripper and i'll i'll, I'll have a link in the in the show notes but basically it's this thing and i honestly it i've never seen this one before well, not before I ordered it anyway. It's amazing. I think it was about 20 or 30 euros. I can't remember. But um, this is so much better than the one I had before or just trying to do it with a, a, an x knife or a yeah. pocket knife or um, your teeth. Don't do that. No, don't don't, really. don't surprise with your teeth. Don't do that. It's very bad for your teeth. It sounds, um, it sounds like you tried it in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Specifically, if you don't have any stuff handy, right? This thing, this thing is amazing. Um, so, um, this, I think everyone needs this. Basically, if you do anything soldering, it 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 strips the the very small uh, uh, twenty twenty two gauge wires, but it also just does the the standard uh, power wires. It's a, an amazing part of kit, and and you can't live without it. Basically, so get one. Nice.
0: Well, I want one. Um, so my tip is um, actually also in the tools department. Um, I have a lot of tips, but I'm going to spend only one today. Um, I purchased the screwdriver from LTT. I'm not sure if you you saw it already, but man, how cool can a screwdriver be? I, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, when I purchased my computer or the parts for my computer i had to put it in, into each other and i said well it, it needs obviously a good screwdriver and more it, it was more like sponsoring them in, instead of expecting a a real cool screwdriver but man i i'm not sure if you already seen it it's been out for a while but it's when you turn it it's it's you, you don't turn the complete handle. It's a, it's a ratchet screwdriver, and you can fine tune uh, the the screws with with the with the shaft. So if you're in a computer working uh, on screws, then you can easily turn it by your fingers. And only if you want to make it real tight, then you use the the complete handle. So I mean that's really amazing i'm gonna steal that one um so and it's also got a compartment for short bits so one of the things i hate about screwdrives with bits is losing the screwdrives you always lose them i can't put them in a grid gridfinity uh, box obviously but what's more easy than putting it in the uh, screwdriver itself so It's a pretty expensive screwdriver, but then again, um, I don't have to search for my bits. I really like it. How much is it? Um, I believe it was 80 euros. So it's pretty expensive for a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you look at the real good brands, they're in the same price range.
1: But that's imported, right? That's imported, yeah. Right. Because we're not in the US or... China no before, no
0: somewhere in Europe. <laughs> <for Linus. laughs> yeah. No, but um man, it, it's uh, I've seen screwdrive for 250 euros. Uh, I wouldn't pay it. But then again, if you daily drive a screwdriver, I mean your phone can cost a lot, so why not a real good screwdriver? So
1: well in all honesty, I don't daily drive a screwdriver anymore, but um Uh, i will have a look at it it's interesting it's a great one
0: so with that um i think we're at the end of the episode
1: all right good stuff hope you enjoyed it
0: yeah uh, i hope you enjoyed it as well i mean Mm -hmm. it was good talking to you like we never talk Um, so up until the next one and please subscribe to all the channels you can and uh Let's make sure that you ring that bell or like or whatever it's it is in the podcast app, so we know that you like this uh, this podcast. If you have any questions, please um, um, put them into the comment fields under the under the episodes or on YouTube, and we'll see you next
1: time. Thank you, and, and bye bye.